You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. I was thinking of that scripture today, beware of those with a multitude of words. So I'm reminding myself, don't go on, okay? I won't go on and on and on. But I do, I do want to just share a tiny bit of my testimony because some of you don't know me at all. And some of you that do know me, just bear with me for a little bit. Um, I was born in Lloydminster Hospital there. And I uh, lived on a farm. There was eight of us kids. And I was raised in a family that was, it was a morally good standing family. And I had a heart for the Lord, and I don't, don't know where it came from, except now I know it was the Lord that put it in my heart. But I always wanted to know about God, and I remember laying in bed at night, and I'd, I'd pray, and, and my sister would sleep beside me, and she'd say, shut up, what are you doing? And I'd say, I'm just talking. And she said, well, to who? And I'd say, I, never mind, I'm just talking, I'm just talking. So I wouldn't, I'd try and really be quiet and say, God. And I remember going to my cousin's place, and she had an auntie that knew the Lord, and I was probably about eight, maybe. And she went, it, she went to a Salvation Army church. And they had a prayer there, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord, some of you could probably recite it. And I thought, well, finally, that should say it all. That'll get it all done. And I added, and God bless Grandma and Grandpa, Mom and Dad, and all the crippled children in there. Was that, was that part of that, too? Okay, well, anyway, I did that right. And so I felt kind of fulfilled during that time. But later on in my teens, I still had that desire. And I, I remember saying to my mother at times, I said, Mom, I, I, I feel like I, maybe I want to be a nun or something because I knew neighbors that were, were Catholics. And I thought maybe that was, is Christian enough, you know, like that would maybe satisfy something. And she said, Diane, don't be so stupid. And I said, well, why, why not? Why? And she said, just never mind, just never mind. And they would have um, a man that would come in, a friend of mom and dad's that would come in and teach uh, JW teaching. And mom and dad never really had any religious background, so they just listened and they honored him and, and, um, and rightfully so and respected him. But they never knew the Lord. But later on, when I became 14, I met my husband now. He's my husband. I can't believe that many years. <laughs> We're still together. But I suggested I've got eight granddaughters, and I said, don't do like your grandma did. Don't do that. <laughs> don't meet, start meet something and go with them forever. Like that. <laughs> Just don't do it. <laughs> Anyways, um, after we got married, we, we moved to, we were living in Edmonton, we got married and, and um, ended up, when we'd moved several times, and ended up in Sherwood Park and I met a friend next door that had known the Lord for a couple of years and she was a Catholic lady and she was just so excited about the Lord. She tells me about the Lord and I give my life to the Lord. I just, when I heard that message just of the gospel, it was so simple. And, and I think sometimes we, we think we have to say just the right things and whatnot. But, you know, God prepares our heart. I just heard it, and I just knew it was right, that Jesus died for my sins. All I had to do is repent. 
and ask God to forgive me for my sin, even though I didn't know what sin meant, you know, really. But I knew it was, I wasn't right with God. I thought, well, I'm sure there's lots wrong with me, so yes, I'm there. And after that, my, my journey became just pursuing God. And he, my husband at that time decided he wanted to move to Pierceland, Saskatchewan. And I was just shocked. And I'd known the Lord two years. And I lived on a farm all my life, and I loved riding horses. I loved the farm stuff, but I never wanted to live on a farm. And I, and I just was so upset, but I thought the Lord in his wisdom knew I had to know him to want to be on a farm with my husband. So I said yes, but in my heart I was saying no. But I said yes, I will go, biting my tongue. And in, a, in that time, after we moved to the farm and that, I saw my sister come to the Lord, which was so precious. That was kind of the carrot at the end of the stick. Having a relative close by, she was only about half a mile away. And uh, she did come to Lord shortly after. And she'd gone through a lot of stuff and, and um, was going through a lot of stuff. And, and God, just, God just blessed that union with us. And we just had so much fun. And we had Bible study. And several people around started getting saved. We'd go visit people, and, and God prepared their hearts. And it wasn't because I had a testimony that I was so good, and I, God, God just blessed me and everything. No, I was still in my little rat's nest and just doing what I'm doing. And, and God, God sovereignly touches people. It doesn't matter. I was still smoking, and um, I, I, I was not together, but I had conviction, and, and I was changing slowly. I was changing. And th that's something I was thinking earlier tonight when you're talking about our testimony. The power of someone's testimony is the, is the most powerful tool we have. And, and, and because it sounds so simple sometimes, we think it's ineffective. But as simple and as small as my testimony was, it's not a testimony of me. It's a testimony of him coming and living in me and wanting me of all people. And people that were, would, were there, they would say, well, if he wants you, he probably would want me. When they look at me, they say, why not? And, and God just honored that. And we saw a lot of people come to the Lord. And, and I had a wonderful neighbor. I don't know if she's here, Lorraine. She said she was coming tonight. But I had neighbors that knew the Lord. And, and it was just awesome. And, and through those times, my husband ended up coming to the Lord, which was amazing. And during that time, we'd had Bible studies in our homes, and, and um, at that time, some were suggesting that we'd, we'd uh, have, have a church. So we ended up having a church. But during those times, we had to move to Bonneville for about a year, because Dennis was setting up the computers in a different office. He worked for BNR, and he was to get the offices all working together. There was 11 different um, cities that had offices at the time. And so we stayed there for a year. And I remember, and I, I'll share this because I, I just want to show you how powerful someone's testimony can be, and yet you can take it wrong. And this is what I did. A teacher was there, his name is Walter Rusnell, who was an amazing teacher. And his, what he had said one day was, when he was teaching, they had question and answer. And, and, Someone said to him, what would you do if you saw uh, an apparition or something like that? And, and he said, well, I don't really want to see anything because I don't know if I'd be able to discern it. And what the Lord had shown me 
was I was waxing cold in my love, and he said, during that time, and he said, I want to show you where you erred, and I said, okay, and he said, when that man said that back then, that was, that was a couple of years ago before that, he said, you opened the door for the fear of deception, and I said, what do you mean? He said, well, when he said he couldn't, he didn't know if he'd be able to discern it, what you did automatically was you started coveting your own soul, and I said, okay, and he said, when you start coveting your own soul, you got, you're trying to protect yourself then. And he said, you made truth your God. And he said, you started waxing cold in love. And I could tell you about the word then. I was getting stronger in the word. And I'd have people telling me, well, you got to know what the, the Pentecostals know. you got to know what the, you know, every church knows. you got to know what JW, if they come to your door, you could get deceived. you got to know this, you got to know that. So I was like, da, 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 trying to get, protect myself. And in that, in that coveting of my own soul, the Lord showed me after, he said, when you covet your own soul, you covet others as well. And, and at that time, I, I was coveting my own children. But it wasn't until he turned the light on and showed me where I opened the door. And that's where a lot of times, if, 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 if we're feeling a lot of times that we're quenched sometimes, there's, there's things that we've, we've taken hold of, teachings or understandings that, you know, they might, they, they might be even right, but we might take them wrong too. And, and we need to let the Lord shake them all off because he's wanting his bride to come into love. And to come into the love of God, we have to accept the fact that maybe we need some twists in our, in our thinking and in what we're learning, okay? And, and I don't care how old we get in the Lord, we're still going to have to be open and teachable, keeping that openness in our hearts. So anyway, that, that really gave me an understanding of how, so how easy we can be led astray by our own, our own trying to protect ourselves. And um, another thing he had said to me, I don't want you to expose the lack or differences in the body of Christ again. And I was shocked. And he said, I've called you to preach the truth. And he said, I hate the labels above the doors. I was shocked when he said that. I was shocked. And, and I said, Lord, like, what, what do you mean? And he says, all it's done is brought division. He said, you must see the bride from my perspective. And, he, and that's one thing he's done is given me a love for his bride. And just like it says in Song of Solomon, she says, draw me and we'll run after you. She's saying, in my union with you, I'm connected. I don't go alone. She, but it's in my choice of loving him that I'm automatically going to love my brethren. It just is natural. It'll flow out of us. So, But another thing I'm just going to share too is, is um, I've shared with many of you already about one morning I had a dream, and in that dream, it was a very short dream, and it was about my mother, and my mom has passed away. She died 20 years ago or so. And, um, but in this dream, I'm walking into a room, and I, she's laying on a hospital bed, as my mother was many times. She had asthma. She, she'd get really sick. But she was laying there. But even as I'm walking into the room, I knew she was a type of the bride. And the Lord said, I want you to walk in there, go. 
And so I started walking towards her, and I heard all these voices coming at me from all over. And one would say, well, don't go near there. Don't you know what it's like when somebody's dying? Get away. Get away. It's not good. And I'd hear other voices, and they're all saying these negative things, like, what are you doing here? What are you doing? Like, and just conv- trying to convict me, just get away. And it wasn't good for me. And they were trying to quench my love for the bride. And the Lord said, I said, you keep walking. And so I keep walking, but those voices get so strong, and they were just really, really trying to convict me to p- protect myself and keep back. And, um, and that's what the enemy is doing, I really believe, with the church. He's really trying to, to divide. And he, he doesn't care what you divide over. It can be anything, even the word of God. He doesn't care, but he hates unity. And something I saw for three days before I even came here, all the time when I was here, I kept seeing it in the spirit, is I saw this red ribbon. It was like a cord that was weaving in and out of all of us. And it kept weaving. And I said, Lord, what is that? And he said, it's my covenant. It's my blood. He said, you can't break that covenant. Don't break that covenant. And, and, and his love is so powerful. His love is so powerful. It will bring down strongholds in people's lives just by you presenting truth to them in such a, in such a simple way. And, and, and really, if we can ask the Lord and inquire of him when we're with people, with everyone, he will give you a word to say or he will just make you a friend like to them. Some people just need someone to walk alongside them. It's not like we have all the answers. In fact, people have answers for me and I, I need that and I'm open to that. I don't care whether they're old or young. I listen because the Lord told me, he said, I'm going to bring wisdom to you, but it's not going to be in the way that you think it'll come. And, and I watch. I watch for wisdom in children. <laughs> and this is, you're going to laugh at this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm rest, I got a little puppy. A little, it's, it's three-quarters pug and a little bit of beagle in him. But that thing, <laughs> he gets a hold of his little toy to tug with me, and he just gets his eyes fixed on that thing. And, like, and his eyes, of course, they're pugs, they've got buggy eyes. But <laughs> he hangs on to it, and, and he just jerks, just like, what are you going to do about it? And I jerk back, and, and just the wrestling in him, and the Lord said, he's preparing for this future. And I said, Lord, I want to have that same wrestle in me. I want to have that same. I don't want to lay down and not care about what's going on around me. I want, I want to have that persistence in my heart. So, but anyway, when I, I had so many things I was going to share, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to read something. This is what the Lord had told me to read. And it's something that I had written. I was making cookies years ago. Effie, you remember we went to Oshkadi? There you are. That day I were going to go to Oshkadi, I was making cookies. The leadership was going down there, and it was 2006, actually. And the Lord said, I want you to write down a word to give there. And I said, okay. And so I wrote it down, and I presented this word to the, to the group of us there. And, and I said, this is what I felt the Lord was saying. And, and just this, this last month, and here it is, 12 years to the, to the month, the Lord said, now it's time to give it out to the people. And because I never had freedom to give it out until now. So I'm going to give it out. And, and um, it's, it really touches on a lot of the things that you were saying, Melanie, and di- different ones were saying. It, it, it's about calling us into that intimacy. 
and, and really, like it says in Hebrews, we, we cannot enter into his rest because of our deceitfulness of our sin. And, and sin is deceitful. And, and sin is just not yielding ourselves to the Lord. Like we think of sin as doing something bad. But, you know, I was talking to my grandson the other day, and I was saying, Carter, sin is not inquiring of the Lord. That's, that's what, what the difference was between David and Saul. David, even though he sinned as well, as, as so did Saul, he, David still had this inquiring heart to please the Lord. And where Saul had a, had a desire to please him at times, but when he got caught in sin, he repented. And many times, if we don't repent until we get caught doing it, it's not really repentance generally. And we really need to go deeper with God to find out what he thinks about situations in our lives. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read this to you. Hope I don't sound too heavy. Yikes. Okay. We are called to repentance, healing, and brutal honesty. I saw several eagles in the spirit. Some were beat up, and some were blind, and some confused and alone. The Lord is bidding us to find our rest in him. The great lover of our souls is calling us to a round table, which speaks of covenant relationship with him and each other. Nothing hidden, no secret agendas. He's taking us past ourselves into him lost in intimacy with him. His great love beckons us to Romans 12, 1 and 2, to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. He says, no more of your own opinions. I have a plan, so seek me with all of your heart, and I'll reveal it to you. It's time to live as he lived. John 5, 30 is the blueprint of true humility and brokenness. He said, let me reveal your secret motives. They're hidden, so hidden that you're not aware of them. The human heart is deceitfully wicked, and only I can reveal its depth. Know more about yourselves. He says we're too self-centered, even in our ministry. Know that my love is the strongest weapon on earth. Remember, 1 Corinthians 13 says that if we don't have love, it's all in vain. To love, you must die. You must lay down and confess the criticisms and judgments that have stopped the flow of love through you. And I really believe that's one of the main things that God's dealing with in our hearts. Remember, love never fails, never takes account of wrongdoings, is not offended, and definitely not suspicious. Suspicion has far exceeded true discernment and must be repented of. Whatever you fear will control you. If you fear being deceived, you will be. If you fear others will use you, you'll fall into their snare. If you fear only me, I will encamp the angel of the Lord around you. Psalms 34, 7 says, and you'll be safe. It's not enough to know my word, you must know my heart, so that you can carry the cup, especially designated and destined for each of you. This year, the fear of the Lord is going to sweep away the counterfeit expressions of surrendered lives. The artificial fruit will be exposed, and the fool's gold will be revealed as such. No more hiding, no more hiding. 
come out of hiding. Let me heal you. Let me take you deeper. You're not who you think you are. I see you all the way back to the garden when you're in my dream. Do you want to know my thoughts for you, or do you want to continue as you are? There's a great price to have and to hold the pearl of great price, Jesus. This year you'll see for the very first time the strong fire in my eyes. Don't look away. Don't hide. Face me, and the truth will set you free. You've been given an incredible end-time mandate. Don't waste your trials that I've set before you, but let them crush in you all that's not of me. Don't be afraid of what it'll look like. It'll be worth it all. All the walls are coming down. No more hiding. Everything done in secret will be made manifest. You'll be stripped naked and look very poor before it's over. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the humble, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You must confess your weaknesses to become strong. You'll be training and equipping all around the world. And I believe that's, that's the destiny for this area God's put on my heart, these three areas of Bonneville, Pierce Land, and Cold Lake. Sorry. As the northern lights covered the sky February 2nd, 2004, so shall your spiritual descendants cover the earth. Don't take this lightly. I'm calling my bride to the cup of suffering. The greatest battle of all times is at hand. Remember, the greater the suffering, the greater the glory. The bride is smelling the myrrh as the Lord touches her heart. She's moved by the revelation of his great sacrifice for her salvation. And even though she's weary, she responds by running after him. He says, open to me, my sister, my love. The Lord is putting his hands on our hearts and calling us to deeper waters. Even though she's aware of the scoffing of others, she's not shaken. He invites her to drink, drink abundantly of his love. She's learning to lean into him in wilderness times. She's taught by the Holy Spirit to not awaken love until he pleases. In the turning up the heat, don't be offended. Many times you won't understand my hand, but trust my heart. Remember, you must be lovers in war, seeing no man in the flesh but by the Spirit. You must look through the eyes of destiny. It's no longer a war for just the leaders, but it's a Joel II cry. Turn and keep on turning until every hindrance is removed and broken, and broken fellowship is restored. Let the priest and the ministers weep between the porch and the altar and say, Have pity on us, your people. Blow the trumpet and call and sanctify the old and young. If my people will turn from sin, I will revoke my sentence of evil and leave a blessing behind. Then I will rise up in holy jealousy and grant them the anointing oil and fruit to gather the harvest. Don't be afraid of the threshing floor, my place of refining in your hearts. Without it, you'll be destroyed. My love is relentless over you and in you. I'm jealous over you and in you. My holy jealousy will return to the church and usher in 
the true fear of the Lord. This will usher in the love of God, who is both kind and severe, the lion and the lamb. Those that say they don't fear me don't know me as the lion. It is not a sensual, soulish fear, but a holy fear that keeps you in my power and presence. Seek me, and you will find me. Let me expose you and exchange what you think is of me, but isn't. Don't be afraid to give me your Isaacs and Ishmaels. Leave no room, no room for the devil in your lives. Zechariah, in Zechariah 3, says, He was taken to the council of heaven and witnessed Joshua, the high priest, standing in his filthy garments. Satan tried to accuse him, but the Lord rebuked him. So will I rebuke the enemy on your behalf. The Lord changed his garments, and he was charged to walk in his ways. So I am changing your garments, and they're getting whiter and whiter. You too will rule my house if you allow me to do this work in you. Then you too will have access to my presence and places to walk in heaven. You too will be signs or types of those to come. And I will cause you to pass under the rod of the shepherd, as the shepherd does his sheep. I will count you as mine, and I will constrain you and bring you into the covenant to which you're bound. And I will purge out and separate the rebels and those who transgress the law. I'll bring them out of the country temporarily. Then you will know I'm the Lord. I will manifest my holiness among you in the sight of the nations who will seek me because of the power displayed in you. I will kindle a fire in you, and it shall devour every green tree and every dry tree. This blazing fire will not be quenched. All around you will be scorched by it, and all flesh will know that I've done this. It is a fire of my love. It's my consuming fire. <sighs> I know there's a lot there. But I think sometimes we, we familiarize too much with, with the Father as, as, uh, as what we see an earthly father. And he is so passionate in love but he's also holy and and he's he's kind and he is severe but he's given us everything necessary to walk out what we're called to walk out isn't that good to know there's an, he's not saying i want this out of you and not giving you everything to do it you know and and mercy to trip and fall and trip and fall and trip and fall too like he's there but he's, he's bringing us into a place. And what the picture I keep getting in my spirit is, and it, it sounds crazy, but I see this little man inside of me, you know, your spirit, and it's just like clicking your heels. It's time to get in, in order, you know. And, but I really feel that's what the Lord's saying. If, we, if we're going to do, and I really believe God's called this area to be a training and equipping center for the world, that's what he had told me. That was a vision he gave me years ago, and I, and I shared it with you. In Edmonton years ago, I'd had a vision for three days of these three vases that were sitting on a shelf. In the spirit, I knew they were 10 feet high, and they were full of water. And I kept asking the Lord for three days, what is this? What is this? And, and like he, nothing, wouldn't say anything. So, but when I went into an encounter that on that Sunday, he started opening it up to me, and, and um, 
I said, Lord, what are they? Because he showed it to me again. I said, what are they? And he said, they stand for two different things. And this is before they became the tri-town here. He said, first of all, these three towns will become one, like our tri-city now. But he said, secondly, they stand for Pierceland, Bonneville, and this area too, here. He says, they will become one as well as a training and equipping center for the world. And he said, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. And in the natural, this is a training and equipping place in in the uh, the what do you call it the military. And he said, so it is in in it's going to be as well in in uh, in the church. We're, and that's what we'll be doing. And and to and to be in that place, God's wanting us to come higher. And the things that we might have got away with before, He's saying, no, come on higher, get up here. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth everything you give up. It's going to be worth it. And, and it's not like I, he's putting a big demand on us, like, but I'm saying, he's, he's saying, feel after him and, and say, what is my part in this? Even, I don't care what, what it is, like, even if it's a little part, what do you want me to do? And, and help me to align with this, Lord, what you've called me to do. Because it's, it's not about one person doing it. It's not about one you know, church doing it. It's, not, or it's, it's about God saying, I'm shaking my bride, and she's, she's smelling them, or she's coming into a place where he talks about in Ezekiel, and he says he's, he sees her rolling around in her blood, and he says he, he realizes she's, it's time for love. It's time for love. It's time that she just embraces me so I can put in her what my what's in my heart so she can bring in the end time army so she can bring in and and i really believe the women and the children not no nothing against men but i'm saying i really believe the women and children are going to be the key out front people that are going to be moving in this and and like it's, don't take me wrong in it please in that but but i really feel god wants wants to use the women and and I really believe that children are going to be doing things that we just dreamed about doing. And, and I, want to, I want to say yes and amen to that. I, I really do. I, I really believe we've made it something like it's got to be an older person's thing to do. No. The gifts in that are God gives the gifts, and he'll use whatever he will. But it's up to us to, to honor them and, and to help them along in it, too. And, and that's our part, too. But... That's about all I wanted to say, but I, I just really wanted to say God God is so in love with us. And he's so, I feel so many times his love for the bride, and it's just so, such a fire in me. I just, it just, it crumbles me. Like, it's just, it's overwhelming. And I really believe that God wants to touch us with that love. I really, really do. And, and it's something that when you're touched with it, and I know we have been at times, he will birth in you what he wants you to do. He will show you areas that he wants to deal with in, your, in our lives. If, you know, and many times there's, there's some conditions where we're anxious or we're angry at somebody. There's separation in our hearts. And, and if we, we are offended with someone, Many times, if you're, if you're walking in a, in a store and there's people you just don't want to avoid, now I'd say, Lord, why? Why do I want to avoid them? What, what's in my heart? Why? And, and we need to inquire. 
why that love? And this is something that God's put in my heart off and on. If I don't have that burning desire to be with people, I'm, I'm saying, God, what's wrong? What's wrong? Show me. Take me, take me to where, I'm, where I've been led astray. And, and basically, it's just selfishness most of the time. It, you know, offenses can be there too. But a lot of times for me, it's just selfishness and doing my own thing. And, and I need to get out of that. And, that. and that's sin just like anything else. That's, I just leave that open. If, if anyone wants prayer for, for, um, for him to impart a fire of love in us, like we could pray for that. Yeah. And, and also to understand him more, like as the father, the father that sits on the throne. I've listened to people that have been to heaven, back and forth and back and forth. I've listened to people that have gone to hell many times. It's such a reality that it is sobering. And I think I might have said this before, but I remember sitting in this funeral one time. It was my great auntie's funeral. And, and the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, many times the very things that people are praised for at their funeral are the very things that kept them from me. And it was just like somebody hit me in the stomach. And I was just like, oh God, I don't want to be, because I've come from a place of... of um, I want people to be happy, so I want, I, I'm, I'm a people pleaser, so I have to really be careful not to let that, let everything be smooth. I, like, people are dying and going to hell every moment. And I'm saying, God, forgive me for being so selfish and, and thinking of my own praise, wanting people to praise me rather than to, to take an offense if it comes for the gospel. And, and we got to break off that intimidation, that man-pleasing spirit that wants the praise of man rather than to be intimidated and, and, and have some, they might not like it. They might not like us. Like, so what? When I heard that, that saying one time that many times the first three years in your life you win more people to the Lord than your whole rest of your life, that hit me like a sledgehammer because I saw... My goodness, in the first three years, I saw most of my family, and that's like a lot. I'm coming over a great big family, come to the Lord, mom and dad, as well as a lot of people around Pierce Line came to the Lord in the first few years. And then later on, it dwindled, and I, and I was convicted. I said, Lord, why? And, and it's because of selfishness. I really believe he's shown me it's just selfishness and not feeling after him. What do you want? What are you inquiring of me to do? What, what can I do that would please you? Like, give me a heart for these people. I want a heart for people that I don't want, I don't want to be able to just be happy and content kicking back in my house. I want, I want to have that heart. So if you want, if you want, Nellie, whatever you want to do, if you want to call for prayer, whatever. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.